Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. I wanted to do an episode where we talk about common like success or spiritual quotes that we hear a lot and actually break down the energetics behind them of why they're true. And the reason why is because I think um, we have these cliche sayings that we hear a lot over and over again, and we almost get numb to them. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay, for example, um, learning to say no, well, got it, whatever. I've mm-hmm. heard that a million times, like, okay, got it. But why do we need to learn how to say no? And what? why is that phrase a popular phrase in the first place? Like, for example, in my head, mm-hmm. learning how to say no, let's start with that one. There's a lot of manifesting generators and generators in the world. That's the majority of the population. And that is something that is super important for them to use their energy correctly. So that phrase probably exists because a large majority of the population is working with that energy. Mm. So can you explain to us learning how to say no? Like I'm going to give you a couple phrases and then I want you to sort of break down for us the way you see like how why they're powerful why they work because i want to i don't want to hear just the happy like good sounding phrase i actually want to know how to use that phrase and why it's important to me you Mm, know what i mean mm -hmm. so let's start with learning how to say no yeah why do you think that's a common phrase and 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 how what's the why and energetics behind how that actually works do you know the first thing that comes to me is i love that you said it's like generators and manifesting generators obviously we know that everyone needs to learn um, how to have good boundaries. But like you said, with generators and manifesting generators specifically, because they are built to um, have their sacral, their gut, speaks in black and white, right? So it's either, yes, I want this or no, I don't. It's not maybe, it's not dilly-dallying. It's always gonna give you a good answer and the right answer for you if you're listening to it. So a huge way to get aligned when you're a generator or a manifesting generator is to listen to your um, excitement towards things or your pull towards things that feel like a yes. Um, And then basically freeing up more energy so that you have more ability to have things that come into your life that are yeses, but they literally don't have space to come in if you're still using your energy on things that are a no, right? So learning that real black and white thing of every time you do say yes to something that's a no, it's costing you too much. You know what I mean? It's not just like, oh, I can just, you know, carry on saying no to people, right? And the reason why they have this conditioning especially generators is because they were praised for doing things they didn't want to do Mm. so it builds up this like incorrect mechanism in their lives of like you get belonging and love and validation from people by sacrificing your own desires right where what we're trying to build is an aligned um, way of working in the world where if everyone makes the correct decisions for them it creates a world that functions better together that is best for everyone even if we can't see how and so the learning to say no thing is important for manifesting generators and generators specifically because it is just more difficult for them to say no in general and it's more crucial to their living in alignment than it is for other people but the learning to say no thing if you think about it this way is also I think especially women are so raised to be people pleasing and again it's like another compromise to our alignment when we're doing things for the reasons of not wanting to rock the boat or not wanting to um, displease others or trying to get um, 
just like fit in with other people, you know? But again, it's like clouding your judgment because it kind of keeps you an automatic pilot. Like let's say for example, the reason why learning to say no is such an important thing, I think, is even before you've learned to say no, it's encouraging you to look at your life and see what you actually feel a yes to that feels like a conscious choice versus what isn't. So even before you've even started saying no or yes or stop doing things or creating boundaries, it's already getting you to say like, take a bit of a stock, right? What am I, What do I want to say no to? What would I want to be rid of in my life? And that just helps you observe your own system's um, natural curation of what it knows is right for it and what isn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, what is something that even if you didn't have to stop doing it, what is something that you would love to not have to do or love to stop doing? And even if that's just a question that you get to answer today, that's already really powerful because it gives you clues and cues about your own essence. I like that you point out that it's not, It's even though I started this conversation talking, oh, generators, manifesting generators, it's not just them that need to learn how to say no. Because mm. also what comes to mind, how you mentioned women and um, what comes to mind too is I have a five in my profile. So it, even though I can save the day, I also have to, I don't, doesn't mean Mm. I have to. So for me, the way learning how to say no applies to me is really getting clear on what are the areas that are my area of saving the day and Mm. then not applying my, my skill sets to those other areas. So it's a very layered phrase, Mm -hmm. but um, it's important for different reasons for different people. Yeah. I mean, and I think about my, my, um, big example is the fact that I have emotional authority. So when, and 51% of the population has emotional authority, which means that we should be making decisions. We should be leaving time for our emotions to show us the right decision for us, right? And they only do get revealed over time. You often don't know in the moment how you truly feel about something. So for me, the learning to say no thing is actually more of a learning not to say yes or no in the moment, Mm. you know, because there's so many times I'll be like, oh my gosh, this person's asked me to do this and I say yes, right? Because I like the idea of it or I'm flattered or I don't want to displease them. But then the next day I wake up and I feel more in a, it's not in the moment, right? So then I'm more in a detached place. I can think about how I feel about it. And I'm like, oh, I actually don't want to do, like, do I want to do this? Just thinking and emotional authority, just thinking about doing it make me feel happy, right? Not this idea of, oh my God, it will be so great because it's such an important, it's such a big opportunity. Like, no, you know what I mean? For you, so, it's almost um, learning not to say yes, yes or no right away. Yeah. You know, it's almost a little bit of a different play on that mm-hmm. phrase. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I love that. Should we do another one? Yeah. Okay. So here's another one I th- um, is put your oxygen mask on before putting it on for other people. Mm. Why? Do you have thoughts on that one? I think um, this is also, I think another version of this is like you have to fill your cup first Mm -hmm. before you can fill other people's cup. Mm -hmm. And I think that what comes to mind is um, that when we are depleted, we actually can't, we're like Mm. completely empty. Like we actually can't show up as us. And so if we act like what we, what we think we're doing when we put on like metaphorically someone else's oxygen mask and not thinking about ourselves, because we are kind of taught to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we're taught that we should put other people before ourselves. We're only giving them a small percentage of what our capabilities are. So when you're putting your oxygen mask on first, it's essentially you're setting those base layers of your alignment how you like like taking care of yourself and that's what actually allows you to help others in the way that you're meant to help others Mm. you know what i mean Mm because i feel like we're a lot of times running around trying to just help others help others help others but when we don't actually start down here in those base layers we're exhausting ourselves we're doing stuff we're not actually designed to do all that but you're also probably not figure out how you you're not taking a breath to figure out how you best actually help other people right yeah exactly yeah yeah what would you say like what do you when you envision that that phrase like Mm. what's the energetics behind that i think it's interesting because i think um you know that specific using the oxygen mask thing is funny because like there's no mother that isn't going to put the kid's oxygen mask on before she puts on her own so like in that kind of situation where it's like a very like 
life or death self-sacrificial like it kind of you know it's not easy to implement that exact energetic into your daily life but the whole filling your cup up thing before you can fill other people's I think is obviously there's it can be misinterpreted so many ways right because I think you know it's not saying overly self-indulge yourself at the at the expense of other people either it's kind of to me acknowledging the dance that we do where we bring in um yeah where we prioritize our own energy and our own alignment exactly what you said so that actually you can um have more reserve to help other people but I think the main reason the main thing I would like want to tell my younger self about the whole fill your cup up thing is like actually figure out what fills your cup up i.e like baths for me ain't gonna cut it do you know what I mean like and actually also what makes me feel full is feeling fulfilled so you know for example there would be such a time where I would like go above and beyond to like I remember being 22 like making my parents dinner and like trying to pre-plan their dinner and this and that and it was like kind of an avoidant way of me not um trying to be in touch with what I liked and my purpose do you know what I mean so I feel like also what gives you energy no matter what energy type you are is this like what that's why I think alignment rather than just constantly filling your energy up because also it's like life is tiring do you know what I mean so if we're waiting for this time where we feel like perfectly rested before we can like you know be out in the world that's never going to happen it is and that's what I like about like fill your cup up and then it's like give and then receive receive and then give receive and then give receive and then give and it's this like flow of energy rather than waiting for this time where we're like perfectly filled or like being constantly depleted helping others because we're like self-sacrificing ourselves and it's like almost those are two modes that we get presented with and it's implying that this fill your cup up first or put your oxygen mask on first is that you like you just said you need this this sort of you know self-care time away to fill your cup but Mm -hmm. doing what we do fills my cup yeah like me being here even though this is my in quotes work Mm -hmm. this is me filling me up same so it's also questioning how do you fill yourself up exactly let's actually look into that yeah and so it's not doing nothing it's like what is it that absolutely you don't like about life right because that's going to mean that you carry around like resentment and bitterness and all these things towards either life itself towards yourself or towards other people right so I also think with the whole filling up your cup thing like how are the ways that you help people that also happen to and sometimes they won't and sometimes you just want to take care of your grandma even though it's tiring to sit in a hospital right but there's other things like normal life where you know, if you have kids and you love having kids and you want to support them, like what are the things that you can do with them that are activities that you can also enjoy? You don't have to do it the way that, you know, you get told to even if you hate it, right? Or you decide you don't love it, but seeing the joy in their faces is also so rewarding. It's like finding ways to make your life rewarding and not depletive um, and knowing when you kind of need to... um, when you go below that threshold, when you need to kind of pull back and rest and recuperate, you know. This is also why it's not selfish to put yourself first because I mm. think that's also like, this. it ties into the learning how to say no, mm-hmm. putting your own oxygen mask on first. Like this is why it's not selfish to say no and put yourself first because yeah. that is how you give to other people. Yeah. And it's interesting though because I also think that, you know, putting yourself first, the way that that even gets said is like at the expense of others, do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. genuinely, if you are understanding that we win in a we live in a win-win universe and that when you do what's right for you and not in a selfish way, you know what I mean? There are times when you do what's right for you and it's not going to be fun, but you know it's right for you. You know that it's going to help you. You know that's going to be good for your growth, for example, right? You know that. So when you when you conduct yourself with absolute honesty and self-integrity, the way that a responsible parent that was also very loving and kind would speak to you and say, this is when you actually need to go out of your comfort zone. But also this is another time when like, what? let's figure out what you need right now. You seem tired, you know? Mm-hmm. So bringing up parenting is a good area for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the example of my mom with this kind of stuff because my mom ran multiple businesses. She was running around, had always stuff to do Mm. and there's people that would call that putting her career first over her kids but 
we were always uh, not like that's a loaded conversation, but mm-hmm. we were always involved in everything. But watching her do all of that mm-hmm. was m- one of my biggest lessons, one of my most expansive lessons. My mom's a manifesting generator. She's five one. She mm-hmm. can do all that and carry all that. And it mm-hmm. was the most amazing thing to watch as a kid. Mm-hmm. So that was never our experience as kids that my mom putting her career as an importance mm-hmm. was part of what I needed right you know so you never know that it's not selfish for you Mm. to like want a career as a mom Mm. you know what I mean so when we talk about I think filling your cup up is basically the reason behind just to bring back to like the energetic of that is that when you are vibrant and fulfilled and alive right even if sometimes you're tired which you are going to, no one's ever going to be in a permanent state of not, never tired. Like that's just, life is, like I said, it's the give and flow of energy. But when you're fulfilled in yourself, it's so it's like you have enough to, um, just even emotionally, you don't feel like it costs you, you don't have to bring yourself down to give to others. Um, and I think that's why the whole fill your cup up thing is important. But I also know that, I think especially women, we feel guilty about the fill your own cup up thing because it is misframed to us where it's like, no, you're entitled to just like, you know, it. the entitlement is the is the word that I think blocks us up when it gets painted to us. Like it's like, you should just be doing whatever you want all day, every day and not being in the game of this giving and receiving to life, you know, where you receive care and love and rest and alignment back, but then you also give it. And so it's the dance between the two. But it is true that when you get clear on your own needs and your own wants and your own alignment, it gives you this frame through which you know where you can give and where it's easy for you to give, where it doesn't cost you as much because that's going to be the way that you're aligned to give people, right? So it's that time with yourself and that self-exploration of your own essence and your own alignment and what your blueprint for giving and receiving with life does and when you practice that on yourself it's easier to know how to do it with other people so then ironically you do end up giving more to people not just because you have more energy because like I said energy is a battery that kind of goes up and down all the time but because you're more clear about where and how you can help I know for example I could help I could I could physically go through the motions of helping people how my mom helps people but it's completely it would cost me way more to help in the way that she does right and then that's going to short circuit my energy so when people say fill your cup up it's true but it's more than just the self-care it's the alignment the fulfillment the because it does benefit everyone to be in the energy of a person who is like that and by the way I could go and help you and go through those motions. But if I'm depleted in a bad mood and tired and just going through the motions and completely unconnected to what I'm doing, that's going to help you way less than if I'm like genuinely calm and in my center. Like think about the energetic trail you leave behind when you help someone, right? You want it to be of a person who's in their own alignment, in their own center, or just in softness rather than just doing it to go through the motions, for example, you know? more bang for your buck both ways you know you get more for something when you're giving and they actually get more from you when you're starting from that place of alignment and you know filling your cup up first or putting on your oxygen mask which it is important to fill your cup up but we need to just understand it differently love okay here's another one take massive action (laughs) we do hear that a lot and you actually okay i would love to hear how you explain it just like out of the blue right now mm. but you do say a lot you know it's not about more action it's mm-hmm. about more right action so mm-hmm. i think that's probably where you'll go with this but i'm super curious like what do you think about the energetics behind this like take massive action mm. so i think you know i've i've done enough disproving of why action in itself is not um necessarily going to get you anywhere or not the it's not the solution to creating results. It's just action, 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 and like thrashing around in the dark, right? But on the other hand, there's also the opposite narrative now where it's like, it's a life full of ease, right? It's a life the way, a thing you never get a challenge where you don't have to do anything. And the thing is, it's, it's about the trifecta. To me, it's about the trifecta of, um, you know, thoughts, intentions, and action, 
right? When you get those three running together, that's when you're going to go furthest, right? So you prioritize alignment in your thoughts and your intentions, and then you demonstrate them with your actions, right? To show the universe that you're putting your money where your mouth is, right? So you can't say, I want a house, right? Okay, now house is, an, is more of an inanimate object that comes to you. So let's talk about career, okay? That's something where you have to like take massive action. So career, for example, you have this dream career, whatever, and you're very, very clear on it. The universe is going to wait for your cue to show that you're like engaging with other matter to make it happen, right? To then be able to send you the, okay, wow, the career just came in through nowhere, right? But if you're sitting on your couch, you're literally cutting off the um, physical and um, temporal time pathways that can come to you from you just being in 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 station you know what I mean stationary right when you're challenging yourself to overcome the the ways that you would resist having the thing that you dream of right i.e taking massive action massive action doesn't have to mean like hiring 25 people to help you with it and I think that's where the misunderstanding comes it's like having a 20 page strategy thing you know a document and a five-year plan or and making, hiring a ceo making a hundred cold calls yes it doesn't have to be that taking massive action when it does work is when you are mm, putting one foot in front of the other even if it's small things that you're doing daily to demonstrate to the universe that you're doing your part in moving towards creating that dream because it's a co-creation and the massive part is like to the biggest extent that you know you're capable of in a way that's going to make you proud that is just a stretch outside of your comfort zone but just that tiny stretch it doesn't have to be going you know crazy okay and putting yourself in that manic state but just like you know what I'm gonna push myself I'm gonna this matters to me I'm gonna see and the thing about pushing yourself in that gentle way is it becomes this exercise where you're not again like beating yourself into submission but you're like let me see how great I can be today let me see how proud of myself I can be let me surprise myself with what I'm capable of right so the massive part of it is you know is it easy no do I do it in a more easeful aligned way of course right but it's the devotion energy of this matters to me so I'm going to keep moving towards it and that's the taking massive action is like to the best of my abilities, I'm showing you, universe, that I'm devoting myself to making moves towards my dream. In the way that's aligned for me. In the way that's aligned I for me. I am obsessed with the fact that you just made massive action mean action that stretch that stretches you. Mm. Massive, not massive number. Massive mm -hmm. meaning like, um, I just like felt like that's what it feels like mm. when it's almost this massive type of action it, mm. and, and massive is going to be different relative to the person yeah because you specify what feels like a stretch to you mm. because what feels like a stretch to me is going to be different than what feels like a stretch for you mm -hmm. so ooh, I kind of love that rethinking of we didn't mean to do that but I love the rethinking of that phrase it's so important to know because I think the biggest mistake in business nowadays and people creating a business is either getting lost in the spiritual rhetoric and getting almost to borderline that entitlement energy or it's like thrashing 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 and so many people start businesses where it's like we're starting a lifestyle brand and then they just think that doing the massive things around it is going to create the success like we need a social media person we need a cfo we need a this we need a that we, we need, need branding we need branding all that stuff and that just comes when you firstly your business is an extension of you or your work is an extension of you or your love life is an extension of you your house is an extension of you doing up anything that's going to require you putting effort into it it's slightly different than calling things in right mm -hmm. so we're talking about things that need you to like take action create them. them where they're a co-creation of yours right so whenever we're talking about that it's like it's always going to reflect your own interaction and the universe the whole reason why we're here is to grow and change as people so you're going to grow and change whenever like you said the massive action may kind of made you feel that um expansion inside it's a growth moment yeah. And that's the part that we need to understand is that all of these things that the universe makes us want, like a home, a business, a career, kids, anything that you could want, right? A vacation. 
it will use those wants as um, a vehicle for you to grow. And so the more you grow without needing the challenges or things to get difficult, and they will, right? But the more you're learning and understanding that if you stay on top of it and be honest with yourself about your growth when there's like not a desperate need to, it is going to be easier. So it's almost like you taking that massive action does actually make it easier as well. Mm, you know what yeah. I mean? You stretching yourself. Yeah. Is what makes those things um, easier to get to. Yeah. Got it. Okay. The next one is do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Which is so funny that we're just coming off of the whole massive action and stretching yourself thing. Because, well, this is the thing is that they both, they both are true mm -hmm. with a capital T. Meaning it takes expending of your energy to get anything back, right? You have to give to receive. That's just the fact of this universe, right? But it, when you love it, it's more like you reaffirming your own um, essence to yourself and being able to bathe in your own essence and the enjoyment of being the full expression of you and being in joy means that action gets this reframe where action is not hard. It's you playing, it's dancing with the canvas of life. It doesn't feel like work. It doesn't mean it can't be challenging and that you won't be met with things that make you grow along the way or um, redirect, for example, or tweak things about the way you're doing things, right? So many times we know we've faced challenges because it's like the universe saying, honey, try this other way. You're so set on it being this way. You know, can you reframe it or can you shop differently or whatever it is? But the whole you'll never have to work a day in your life is like when you find that random thing that is so mm, just you and you don't care about whether you're not doing it because it's everyone else is doing it. You're not doing it because studies have shown or if evidence in your life has shown you that that's what that's the quickest way for people to become famous or to get what they want or to get what you want or to make money. And you're just taking the chance on the joyful thing. The universe has planted and made you joyful at a certain thing more than it has me because it that's your path of um, least resistance. So it's not going to feel like you're moving through mud trying to make yourself do something that is not your right thing. And the universe, again, makes those things hard for you and feel heavy because they're not supposed to be your path they're not your route in this life right so the whole do something you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life is like I almost wish someone had said it to me earlier on like take a chance on the thing that you never believe could turn into something big because it really won't feel like work it really will feel like so much fun and that's because it is what the universe wants you to be doing so it's going to make success come more easily to you when you take a chance on it yeah, I actually just saw a perfect example of this. The um, sign language translator at the Super Bowl who basically sign languaged, uh, I don't know if that's the right The Rihanna tense. song. The Rihanna. The Rihanna concert. concert. <laughs> I'm like, do you think that this um, signer, I don't even know what the actual technical term is, but when she took a chance on pursuing her love of sign language, do you think she really saw that she was going to be performing the Super Bowl with Rihanna? And it was a performance. It was. She looked, it was so she, magical. Yeah. Like yeah. it was almost more, not more entertaining than Rihanna. But you, those are those, small, that's what you mean when you say you take a chance on this small thing. You mm -hmm. have no idea. If it's a line no for idea. you, it will take you so much farther. And the other thing I, I want to point out that you said is when you, um, I think we almost have to kind of like reframe this statement because often when you do something you love, you end up working almost every day of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, you know in, in quotes, depending on what you call work. Yeah. You, you never stop thinking about it. Yeah. You're never not going to think about it because it's going to be, it's going to come so naturally to you to want to be in it. Like that is what makes you mm -hmm. in your alignment, in your fulfillment, in your joy, like bathing in your essence, doing your thing. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. And um, but it's so true. And it does involve work. Yeah. There and are plenty of times when we are doing work. work. Yeah. Plenty of times. Yeah. I mean, how did, you know, I wrote 110,000 words for the app plus 110,000 plus for the app. Yeah. But of course it requires discipline. Of course it requires devotion. But the doing of it is so oh, wow, and I'm in wonder, and it's joyful, and it feels much, 
there's no other job I would rather be doing. And that's what they mean, I think, when they say you'll never have to work a day in your life. It's like there's a levity to the action that it doesn't feel heavy like work feels heavy, mm-hmm. you know. And listen, one of my best friends, my best friend from childhood is um, she works for a company. She works for a big beauty conglomerate. And, you know, what you're saying, she clocks off. She doesn't answer calls. She's not doing social media at late at night or any of that stuff. Like she's in a normal, quote unquote, nine to normal five. nine to five. But you can, I can promise you, <laughs> she has a spare Saturday and she's walking around the beauty hall. She lives and breathes it. So it's not, she's not working. She's not sending emails. But like you're saying, you can't stop thinking about it. You're, it kind of just becomes embedded in the fabric of your day-to-day life when you love it that much. So she's not overtly working, but you can be sure that whatever she's reading about or learning about or testing about beauty is obviously feeding back into her day job. So is it working or is it not working? In the Kabbalists say there's a saying in Kabbalah where it's like every day is a holiday and every day is a work day. Mm-hmm. There's no escaping it. And when, I think when you do find the things, and that's why I love human design so much because it, it has helped me find the things that don't, in quotes, feel like working it every day in my life. But my stuff looks like work too. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that um, I enjoy doing, yeah. like making spreadsheets, making structure, like we're in the process of building a new feature on the app and I never stop thinking about it. Mm. I'm like, oh, and then this is how I think we should be able to schedule it and this is how I think we should, oh, I'm talking to the developers. Like that mm. is looks like work, mm. but to me is me bathing in my essence. Yeah, I am like, percolating i'm imagining how it plays out Mm. that to me is never working a day in my life and isn't it it looks like work and isn't it so funny where you're like you talk about something sometimes where you find it so fun and then all of a sudden other people look at you like kind of crickets and then you're aware you would literally hate it yeah you're like that sounds miserable yeah to me it's so fun i mean but it's the same as me me not having stage fright like to some people getting on a stage is like their idea of a worst nightmare zero for me like it's so fun it's bizarre honestly to watch and you don't prep people probably don't realize that like you prep like you have like when you did the new paradigm live event like go watch this you will literally be like this isn't not even if even if you don't listen to anything you say (laughs) it's me and jane were texting each other and i was like how what (laughs) you you had slides that you knew you're going to talk about but most of it was you just speaking you didn't have a script you don't have anything you just pop up there and you're like here it is guys (laughs) it's bonkers to watch but that's you're right i mean some people's worst nightmare stage fright is the number one fear over death and you are just like vibing and it's it's just amazing because when you start to see it that way like every single random quirky thing about you is there for a purpose because i could be good at about speaking for three hours without a script but imagine if i also had stage fright you know what i mean or maybe i was supposed to have stage fright to then overcome it to then be in my there's no right and wrong combination here right but it's to say that what you find fun you assume everyone else finds fun but they really don't you know like I mean, if you got me to act on a stage, that would be my worst nightmare. I just would not be able to act. My sister's an actress and that's like what she finds more fun than anything else in the world. She loves um, reading, uh, preparing, like memorizing stuff for auditions. She loves it. Gets so excited about it. You if know? I made you read a script, you would, I would be, No, get I would me just be like, no way. And not happening, guys. <laughs> so... Okay. Do you have any more to say on that? I mean, I have my brother who will read like three different 600 page books about the same politician. I'm like, doesn't just the one like cliff note, (laughs) like, didn't you just get it enough from one, you know? (laughs) No, I would rather. No, that's not my lane. Thanks for no thanks. Thanks for no thanks. That's so funny. Okay, next one. Unless you can truly love yourself, you can't love your, you can't love others. I really believe that. You do? Yeah. Okay. I really, really believe that because you can perform, go through the motions of how it is to be kind to someone or to be nice to someone or to be compassionate to someone. But you are the practice run of how being kind feels and is received, right? You're the only person that can give and receive your own kindness and your own whatever compassion to yourself right so you're the experiment on when I do this 
I observe this is what lifts me and changes me and feels differently, right? Now, we have, you know, we come into this world learning, needing to learn how to love more openly and fully and deeply. So I think unless you have actually tangibly moved the needle on how you Mm, shift your internal conversation to yourself and shift your actions to yourself in the way that you treat yourself you actually don't know how to do that you're that you have to be the first experiment like if this little incubator where you've like practiced it because otherwise you just can't come up with it to someone else so you know there's a lot of we can all do it and it's fine to do it you know where we just like you know, just be a bit more forgiving towards this person or just be nicer to the person that's serving you your coffee or whatever. But that deep love where you have like, it's like a felt thing rather than a thought thing where you can genuinely just not just perform the loving action, but you're more able to tune into, um, you feel more compassion without having to be more compassionate. You feel compassion towards someone because you felt what it feels like to feel compassionate towards yourself. And genuinely, you cannot put yourself in other people's shoes. Or actually what you're doing here is putting them in your shoe, putting your shoes in them kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you've like flexed the compassion and noticed that it works. And then you're like, when you have that, this is what it comes down to. When you have a tenderness and a softness with yourself it's so much easier for that to be your default energetic pattern of how you move mm -hmm. if you haven't got that then your nice actions will only go so deep or be at a certain level and it's not to say that that level isn't great but there is a whole other level that can come through when you have lessened your judgment to yourself because you know what it feels like to receive that less judgment to yourself the more intricate you've gotten with being compassionate for why you do the things you do for example you may judge someone someone has done something horrible okay and you can't forgive them but you think it's better to be more forgiving so you're like you know what i forgive you i'm going to practice forgiving you i'm doing forgiving meditations i'm doing all these things that is so much more of a shallow level not shallow being bad but it is just a less deep level then when you have gone inside and say i'm not proud of why i did that let me find the 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 innocent reason why I did that and then you found it within yourself and then it brings you to your knees and understanding and gentleness towards yourself and you found your own innocence again okay then instead of just forgiving them for their action you can do that for that person and there's a good reason why and I just don't know why but I'm sure there is because you've seen that there is in yourself so when you get to your own humanity and you get to your own understanding of how we're actually not that different but you've practiced it on you and you found it and you've sat with it and you've whatever you can't just be practicing with someone else for hours and hours of what you do in private right but when you naturally know how to do that with yourself more often it just becomes the norm of oh yeah you just subconscious with you even having to consciously pull it up every time you're just meeting people like they're all just they're genuinely you feel their innocence you're not saying everyone's doing the best they can with what they know which is also true but you're feeling the innocence you're sensing it you're sniffing it you're smelling it because you know what to sniff for right so that's the layer of the energetic frequency that you're picking up when you're reading people and feeling people rather than trying to um intellectually analyze and then intellectually spiritualize mm. do you see what i mean a thousand percent because you can tell someone a million times like oh you know forgive your parents they were humans mm -hmm. they did the best that they can but it isn't and I know this from my own experience and I not to say I didn't have a wonderful experience with my parents but they're also humans mm -hmm. and they know that and I can talk openly about them about that with them but it wasn't until I was so okay with my humanness mm. of like ooh, I have some icky stuff too that I do and I mm. like I'm like you know what I'm a human they're humans yeah you know and you can't really can i agree with you you can't yeah. really connect to that until you've connected to that in yourself mm. but i want to ask you a question because i think people um obviously use this phrase a lot when they're talking about getting into relationships do you think that if uh, you can't be in a relationship until you truly love yourself no mm. because that's a that is i think a myth truly loving yourself i think there are always going to be new ways that is revealed oh. to you that you don't love yourself 
Got it. You're saying you can be in a relationship without truly loving yourself. 100%. Okay. That's what I was confused. Of course. I agree. But the level of connection that you have and the level of love that you're able to give that person is directly equal to the amount that you've practiced on giving yourself the love, the empathy, the compassion, the innocence, the whatever. Could not agree more. I'm in a seven-year relationship and um, I... It, it for me my relationship was a playground for figuring out how to love myself I thought for me that was my path mm. and I you said something where there's a difference between intellectually like loving yourself or you know feeling compassion for somebody and then there's like an actual deep felt love mm. so when I, the more I've cultivated like accepting my humanness, loving me, I'm able to give it more. Mm. And then I'm actually able to feel it back more. Yeah. Because when I didn't, when I didn't accept my humanness or believe that I was lovable or whatever, Mm. it was almost no matter what he did. Yes. I couldn't feel it. And I've even said that to him. I'm like, it's so nice to finally be in a place where I believe you. And that's a hard thing to like, that's like, you know, that's a hard thing to even like accept about yourself that yeah. you've been in, I've intellectually known that you love me, mm. but I've had to get to a place where I actually feel it in my body and believe it. Yeah. And so I just wanted to ask because I think that a lot of people think that they can't be, they're like running around thinking they have to be in this like perfect place where they love themselves before no. they can get a partner or I'm not calling in a partner because I don't love myself. That's yeah. not true at I don't think it's again it's so many inputs can create so many outputs in our reality there's people who when they finally met someone where they felt sick well I don't know like some people it's meant to come first sometimes one is the cause for the other sometimes the effect but I do believe that even if you're with your soulmate if you haven't done this practice and even just one of you it doesn't have to be both if even one of you has not gone deeper in themselves then the love exchange yeah they can that person can really feel it but you're not um it just now it just becomes exchanging niceties if that's what it feels like to you right yeah when you don't give it from your guts it can't be received by that person to the full extent even if you say the exact same thing you said before when it wasn't from your guts and you can't receive it back as yeah. much too yeah um but also i could say that the lessons that i learned in my relationship there are people that could learn those things not in a relationship. 100%. So I love that you say it's there's a million inputs that could re- create different outputs. It's not the same for everybody. Yeah. So that blanket advice also is just be careful with that. But it's so, yeah, be careful with that. And again, don't, that's like dogma. It's rules. Totally. It's timelining your life. It's saying, when I have this, then I'll be able to get this. And what we're about is, you know, we are not in charge of, the perfect unfolding we are just in charge of being ourselves and being aligned as much as possible in our thoughts intentions and actions as we go along right and then trusting okay maybe the relationship was supposed to come after for you or whatever but I can assure you whether you're in a relationship or not whether you meet 25 people a day or 2500 people a day you it's gonna feel better to be you when you have practiced that being loving not loving yourself okay there's a difference loving yourself and I take massive issue with the whole like you know well the first most basic thing is like loving yourself because you look great and whatever but now it's almost like loving yourself even when you don't look great when I'm like the whole point about loving yourself is loving the deeper parts like finding the innocence finding the heart sitting with yourself being so kind and understanding to yourself and flexing that so it's not loving yourself no one's gonna love who they are at all moments of life. You're going to mess up. You're not going to have a good day. You're not going to have slept well. You're not going to like the way you look on that day, whatever. That's going to change. But being loving towards yourself, I promise you, whether you meet 25 people a day or 2,500 people a day, you're just going to be so much more in love with everyone. And it's going to feel better to be you. And not because you're like practicing like, oh, my la-di-da life, but because you genuinely love everyone. It's a freaky thing when it starts happening because you're like, whoa, hold on a second. Does this make me like polyamorous? <laughs> but <laughs> genuinely, like it's a whole other level of loving people and Wait, being kind. That's straight up another conversation. <laughs> I know. Like, safe for later, safe for later. <laughs> when you start to like actually be obsessed with literally everybody. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Cool. Okay, last one. Um, because I think we could go for hours with this. <laughs> we should probably do this as a new format. Yeah. I feel like we should have people submit ones that they want us to talk about. But, yeah. Um the last one that I want to talk about is go with the flow. Oh. Okay. How? How do we go with the flow? What is flow? 
Mm. Well, there's two different kinds of flow. We're not talking about like um, being in your creative flow. Let's just park that one for the side because that's different than when when people say go with the flow. Okay. So like when you're in when you're in your flow, right? Like okay, well when I'm making music, I'm in my flow, whatever. That's a different thing because I think if everyone, I do believe that if everyone knew what that flow was, then staying there is you know what I mean. Like that's not that's a different conversation. But go with the flow is often misused when people are like, just relax, go with the flow, you know? Mm-hmm. Or that means an opposite of like being structured. And you're all quad left. You are you thrive on structure and containment and consistency, right? I'm three arrows to the right in my human design chart, which means I'm more inconsistent, less strategic, but we're supposed to still both go with the flow. And when, if you boil it down, what go with the flow, where it really is um, important is that, Go with the flow means staying open. Go with the flow means you still take your, you still do your thing, right? You have an idea of what you want to, let's say, for example, you want to manifest something, right? You want to create your dream career. You have an idea of how to get there, right? But you're also like, I'll just take the next step and then take the feedback of what the world is kind of showing me how that goes. I'm taking a little bit of a measurement of how this changes. And then from there, I'll make the next judgment call, right? So going with the flow is saying like, it's a dance between me and life. And based on what life brings to my doorstep, I'll readjust as I go. It's not intellectualizing what the next steps are. Yes. And I'd say even going with the flow and correct if I'm wrong is tied to strategy and authority because, Mm. you know, in the moment, if you are, you know, if I'm a generator, I'm responding to life and then I'm checking in with my intuition of like, what is the right? Should I, should I do this? Should I not do this? Yeah. You're in the moment going with the flow of life yes and you're not intellectualizing what you're supposed to do you're kind of like in it in the downstream you call it yeah and that's really genuinely what it is is like of course we have these like dream lives okay but we can't know the best um iteration in the unfolding of time space reality of how to get there like imagine that's such a huge task what we do know is that we can get there in the way that we don't understand when we listen to our authority, when we let our bodies make the decisions of intuitively guiding us towards. And intuitively, again, it's such a misunderstood thing because intuitive is often so mental and we think it's intuitive, but genuinely like intuitive means it doesn't make sense. If you can explain your intuition, it's not your intuition, right? So if your gut just wants something and you can't explain why, or thinking about this thing just makes you happy in your emotional intuition and you don't you couldn't tell me I couldn't tell you why that makes me happier than something else or your spleen is saying to you this one go there do this and you don't know why that's the going with the flow it's it's not engineering and contorting and trying to control your life it's saying i have this trust or i want to have this trust even that's all you need is a desire to have trust to experiment enough with knowing that in any situation I'll know the right thing and then the next situation I'll be able to tell the right thing and then the next situation if I defer to the right parts of me that know in the micro moments instead of pressuring them to have this like all the answers before we even start and then what happens when you make decisions in moment to moment those moment to moment string together to evolve into something that's greater than you could have even fathomed in the first place so go with the flow is just the flow of life. When people say go with the flow because they want you to go to dinner at a later time and they're always like showing up late, that's not the go with that's the flow we're, not talking, what about. we're talking about. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's like misusing go with the flow. <laughs> Let's yeah. just treat it like it's sacred because it is. <laughs> it is. Oh, I'm so glad you distinguished the difference between going with the flow, like changing plans, plans, going mm-hmm. with the flow, your creative flow. Those are completely different conversations. Mm-hmm. You're specifically focusing on, you know going with the flow of life and yeah it's almost like the path of least resistance or in the downstream mm-hmm. and question here just because it's popping into my head so if it's popping into my head it might also be popping into the listener's head most of the in- all most if all the intuitions you won't hear unless it's in the moment of life right yeah. so in the right timing mm-hmm. so that's why your authority it's like in touch with the timing the best of timing life. yeah because like for me as an emotional authority, it's gonna, I can't know today what the best thing is. I'll have to wait until I'm clear. Whereas you with Spleenic, 
it's the spleen is very in the moment. So it's aligning you with your divine timing. Mine is aligning me with my divine timing. And, you know, to just bring it back to the, you know, when people say go with the flow, sometimes if someone does, I mean, listen, if someone has a pattern of canceling on you, that's different. Or someone has a pattern of delaying with you, that's different. But sometimes if a dinner plan gets canceled because someone can't make it, that is go with the flow because it's like, you know what? Something else is meant to happen, you yeah. know? So I'm saying if there's not patterns, then it can apply to micro things too of like, okay, well, we got there and the food was bad. So now we just divert. Or, there's like an ease with which you just allow yourself to get redirected. Or like there's a delay in mm -hmm. something getting finished by someone else mm -hmm. and being like okay this isn't a pattern like you said if yeah. it's not a pattern it's almost okay well this is what's happening mm -hmm. let me sit with it not try to like freak out about it control it contort it squeeze mm -hmm. it and most of the time would you agree when things like that happen it's because you know these couple things had to fall into place mm -hmm. before that thing happened or mm -hmm. but you know it's going with the flow you is also accepting know. all the different possibilities of things that maybe could be happening with that happening with that delay that you can't conceive of yeah and just like letting things kind of f flow yeah and you know your flight's five hours delayed well your flight's five hours delayed that's you know i mean the reason you went on the skinny confidential podcast is because my flight was delayed and then i ended up waiting in a oh, coffee yeah. shop for you because then our timing was off yeah of when we crossed paths you didn't get back to the hotel in time so i was sitting in a coffee shop yeah and she walked in yeah and then i was like oh my boss is right here she, yeah there was yeah, obviously yeah. other stuff that happened before that but yeah. the reason it ended up being that perfect so timing funny. is because we're delay. just because we're fine with if there's nothing you can do about it see it as a redirect yeah. you know but in the small and the big yeah love that yeah. Well, that's the last one. I actually think we should do this more often. So um, when this episode goes live, maybe we'll do like a question box or something. When, yeah. we, when we do another episode like this, yes. we'll do a question box and you guys can submit ones that like different phrases. So be thinking about that. that and keep an eye on our Instagram The platitudes story. that you hear that you want. That you that want you us want to kind of explain and break down for you. Yeah. Fun. <laughs>